Welcome back to From the Ground Up with Mark Weller. I'm Matt Rienzo, and he's Mark Weller. Mark, what's going on? Matt, there is so much going on. It's all good stuff, though. We've been having a really exciting exciting year, and uh, going into the summer, couldn't be, uh, couldn't be more pumped about what's in our future. Well, we'll look forward to talking all about it in the next uh, 45 minutes or so. Um, we're going to talk about that exciting future for Weller Development, what's in store. And to help us facilitate that conversation, we brought on Steve Siegel, uh, to the show as well. Steve, how are you doing today? Doing great, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me here. This is going to be a great show. Yeah, we're looking forward to talking all about it. So let's jump right into it. So Mark, some really exciting news recently uh, that, that popped up about Weller Development Company and the Port Covington project uh, regarding you know the expansion of the development team. Talk about that. What does that mean for the project? What does it mean for Weller Development Company? Well, look, the, uh, let me start by saying how excited I am, and I think this is a really great thing for the project. I also think it's a great thing for Baltimore. The development team has always said that we were interested in bringing on additional investment to this project. It's a huge transformational project you know, in the city, and it was really important to have uh, more people involved, not less. And I think having additional development help and new development help as well as uh, new investment is a, is a really good thing for the project. So, you know, with, with what we finalize in the agreement, it'll do just that. And it gives us an opportunity to finish what we started, which is a massive amount of uh, work and a, and a huge lift to get to the point where we're delivering on the first phase of Port Covington, as well as uh, additional finished land that can uh, more lots can be built on. Steve, talk a little bit about uh, the group coming in and what it means for, for Weller Development. The group that's coming in is called Mag Partners. It's a woman-owned development company, and and McFarland Partners is their investor developer partner, um, and uh, they're coming in to you know to play a development role in the project going forward. Um, we always knew this would be there'd be a transition point at some point um, for us, and and uh, you know this is really the right time, and it's a, a you know a great group that's coming in, and uh, the city should be very excited about it, the community as well. Um, as Mark said, we're going to finish up construction and wrap up uh, towards the end of the year. Yeah, so WDC will actually continue to manage all the construction and the development process on the existing buildings um, through um, Chapter 1B to completion. Those buildings should be complete towards the end of this year. And then we also have to finish all the infrastructure we started, which will be going into next summer. And so, um, so for people who don't know, that's over a million, 1.1 million square feet of mixed use and about 15 city blocks of infrastructure. Yeah, there's an additional 10 pad sites for additional buildings that will be completed and uh, ready to ready to be um, utilized uh, and put right into production, uh, which is great because uh, a lot of the a lot of the heavy lift and hard work is out of the way. And it allows the new partner, uh, MAG, to come in and really work hard on making sure that the rest of the blocks get built out. And talk about this process in general in real estate. This is very common, uncommon, uh, something that happens from time to time. Explain, you know, uh, another developer coming in and, and you know, how, how often does that happen and things of that sort. Well, I think the way you have to look at this is, is a little different than just a couple of buildings or, or, or just a, a one building project. This is, a, this is an expansion and an annex to the city. And we always knew it was going to take on different forms with different, uh, different development teams and, and different companies and different people involved. Um, we've always said this was a 20 to 25 year plan. And I still believe that. Um, I think, uh, you know, the, the huge head start of phase 1B uh, we'll really get it rolling, but when you put in the, uh, the, the the new investment as well as the new development team, I think it just keeps it rolling into uh, 2023, 2024, and 25. 
And I think what you'll see is you'll see something uh, happen, um, you know, like I've said, not as fast as we would want it to happen, but faster than most people would ever expect it to happen. That's right. And and one of the key things that is, you know, there's obviously a lot of um, consternation in the media about this. You know, it's a, it's a story for, for some folks. And first of all, why do you think that is? And, and secondarily, I want to just be clear on, you know, Weller Development's role going forward in the project uh, that you are continuing to work on it for the next year or so. Um, so talk about first and foremost, why is why is everybody care about this so much in Baltimore? Why is this such a big story? Well, I think it's a big story because it's always been a, an important uh, important project to the city, and I think when you when you think of you know ten or twelve years invested into the project from our company and us, maybe people just thought that we'd be here for another ten or twelve. But we always knew that there was a point in time where other developers and other development teams would come in and, and work on this. And like I said, it's just such an important project to the city. We, we couldn't be more excited to hand it off in the condition that it's in. Currently, the project is ahead of schedule and under budget, and we've exceeded all community commitments that we made. So I feel really comfortable with the place that we're leaving it in. And most importantly, uh, I'm excited for the future. And, and uh, just to be clear, so your team's staying on uh, for the next year uh, to finish up the construction on Chapter 1B. Is that that's correct? That's right. We'd stay on and we'd finish all the construction in Chapter 1B as well as all the infrastructure in, in 1B, which is uh, 10 additional uh, buildable um, lots uh, for, for other development and buildings uh, inside Port Covington. That's great. And that's something I think that gets a little confused by people when they read certain articles. They're, they kind of miss that part of the equation. No, there's no driving down the road in the rearview mirror. Uh, and just looking back at Baltimore, but quite frankly, I mean, this is a win-win for everybody. I, I, I've been I've been involved with this project and and helped uh, uh, start this project from scratch. Uh, literally bought every single piece of land there, um, you know, under my own name with uh, with my partner Kevin Plank at the time. And I, I must say, like, it's uh, it, it's bittersweet because it's something that we originated. It's something that we developed. It's something that we're ready to finish. And uh, but I'm also really excited to to let it move on. It's actually kind of symbolic of what's going on in many of our lives and I, I was kind of comparing to some of the things I'm going through at home where I have a, mm -hmm. a, a, a kid who's going into senior year and he has a driver's license now and he's already got plans to go to college and right. play sports in college and eventually we have to let it go and let it move on and, and let him let him grow in his own way and the project really isn't much different than, than being a parent to some degree and for me personally um, it's just been the you know sort of the gift of a lifetime to be able to work on this. That's great. What and a great analogy as well. And and you and the the whole Weller development team and the Port Covington team has had such a profound impact on Baltimore. Yeah, and, and I know we're far from done in Baltimore with what we're doing. We have a, a ways to go. Another, you know, like better part of a year till we finish all of it. But I, I, I just got to say, I couldn't be more grateful to everybody who's partnered with us, uh, the community, uh, the business community, um, you know, the belief that uh, Kevin Plank and Goldman Sachs had in this entire project that we were able to execute on. It's just been, like I said, the honor of a lifetime. And I couldn't be more grateful for the having had the opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's great. And I know the team is all very proud as well. Uh, whether they're moving on with the Weller Development Company to take on some of these projects or staying to to complete the Port Covington project. Yeah, and speaking about the team, just for a second, just want to put that into perspective. There are going on hundreds of people that have lived and breathed 
the Port Covington project for almost 10 years. Uh, many people unnamed and don't get noticed and don't get pats on the back, but there are just so many people that have been involved both directly as, as Sagamore and Weller employees and then also as, as outside external partners. And I think that um, you know the, all those unsung heroes, I just want to say thank you because without you, and everybody knows who that is, the day and night work, the taking phone calls at Saturday at 8 o'clock at night, the meeting up on Sunday or doing emergency calls and all that, none of, the, none of this happens. And that's the type of commitment, fanatical commitment that it takes to move a project like this from where it was to where it is now. So again, just a huge thanks to everybody who's been there for us the whole time. That's awesome. And why don't you talk a little bit about some of the accomplishments that you've had in Baltimore, uh, some of the different projects you've worked on and so forth? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I really feel fortunate and I, and I, and it's, it's hard to to put my uh, gratitude in, into words because I feel so fortunate that I was given that opportunity by Kevin Plank and uh, other members in, in the business community in Baltimore, uh, as well as, as different government officials that believed in, in what we could do. But we were able to do things like, you know, one example is the Sagamore Pendry Hotel. I mean, building the Sagamore Pendry Hotel and it became number one hotel nationally in Condé Nast Reader's Choice a few years ago. Um, that was such a big accomplishment and that helped really drive what we set out to do back in, uh, back in 2011 or so, which is start to change the narrative around Baltimore as far as, uh, as, far as what was there, what existed there, and, uh, and, and as far as hospitality offerings and restaurants and, and nightlife and so on. So I think things like that helped. I mean, building the Sagamore Distillery, you know, it was voted the number eight distillery in the United States of America. That's a big deal. There's a lot of those out there, um, you know, being so involved with that and the and the and the restaurant adjacent to it, and building that from scratch off of off of a vision of others um, uh, and and being part of that was just such a big deal. And then you kind of go back a little bit and you look at some other things we did. The UA House, which was the Under Armour uh, Rec Center um, that w that was built. Um, you know, so proud of that. And I see how it's used daily for, for children in the community, uh, whether it's before school, after school, or on the weekend. And that's in partnership with Living Classrooms, and it's just a great place right. for kids to go after school. And Yeah, I mean, and, and that's just part of what we did. I mean, you can you can move on to things like City Garage, uh, preeminent makerspace and innovation of the, the building just sold to a new investor uh, and uh, and is fully occupied, uh, is one of the most successful buildings in, in that area. And, and actually, if I could interject, you know, when that was first built in uh, – uh, it, it became, uh, you know, a reality in 2015, you know, that was used for all sorts of things in the early days. It was used for community events. It was used for large panel discussions and, and large social gatherings as well. And then it moved to makerspace and now it's more focused on technology and innovation. You know, that, that building alone has been a really interesting journey. Yeah. That really set the the tone for the project. It was, you know, about makers. It was about innovation so on. So it was a, it was a key project. That's right. No, no doubt. And then, you know, there's other projects as well, like that were smaller and not as well known, but Nick's fish house is another one. We bought Nick's fish house. We, we put some capital dollars into it to, to renovate it and make it a little nicer. We brought in a, a world-class operator in uh, Steve Montgomery, who's been on the podcast before and uh, Eric Chagru, uh, who owns big fish down at the beach. And, and next thing you know, we have great live entertainment, uh, an incredible place to hang out for, for everybody from a, a, a family uh, event to just hanging out with your friends at night. And, and you look at like how busy that is with hours of wait now uh, versus what it was before doing multiple times the revenue that it was. And, you know, it, it's a simple thing, but things like that just continue to improve the, the quality of life in Baltimore. 
Um, you know, and then and then you just think about the things that accompanied some of the construction um, um, and, and highlighting uh, Port Covington for what it was. I mean, when we did uh, we did South Point and the South Point events that we threw. You know, how many thousands of people came? Hundreds through? of thousands. Yeah, we brought yeah. in hundreds of thousands of people. And when you think about the term Port Covington, uh, when we started back in 2011, 12, going into 13, nobody in the United States had heard of Port Covington. Almost nobody in Baltimore had heard of it. I can go around the country now and people know what that project is, where it is, and why. And I think a lot of the activation stuff that we did um, early on was, was a key to that, you know, which I, which to me was, a, uh, was a, a really big deal. But I mean, at the end of the day, what I'm probably most proud of is our commitment to the community and just our unparalleled um, project that we tied to the community. And we made sure that they were always front and center and they were always partners in it. Um, that incredible CBA that we did, the community benefits agreement, the commitment commitment to the minority businesses, women-owned businesses, and local hiring, which we've exceeded the numbers on. Um, you know, the the influence to bring businesses and benefits, you know, to the previously forgotten SB6, SB7 communities, which are the communities adjacent to us, the South Baltimore six communities adjacent to us, and the technical assistance we provided for them as well. I'm very proud of so much that we've done. Uh, we've also been involved with the Ripken Foundation, which has made a huge impact uh, in Cherry Hill. Uh, you know, I sit on the board there. We still host a fundraiser that is uh, so important to provide funding for the activation for the parks uh, that uh, were built in Cherry Hill last year for the kids in those neighborhoods. So, you know, that's just a few things off the top of my head to think about when I think about the impact we had on Baltimore. Um, all of it, again, could not have been done without incredible uh, uh, belief and faith from from a group of people, starting with Kevin Plank, who's just been an unbelievable uh, partner to, you know, to really help Baltimore continue to move forward. And then so many people after him, including people on my own team, people in the community, um, people all around the city. And uh, it's just been an incredible experience. That's great. And, you know, I'll, I'll put in a little selfish plug. So if you want to hear a little bit more about the Port Covington story, go back and listen to our very first podcast in the, the overall series from about a year ago. And then our, our second podcast actually features all of the community benefits and, and all the work in the community. So if you haven't listened to those, go back and check those out and you'll get a lot more context as to what Mark and Steve are talking about. But uh, Steve, I want to point a question to you. You know, it's such a legacy and an impact uh, that Weller Development Company and the Port Covington Project has had and will continue to have on the city, especially as it pertains to the built environment and the other community initiatives we just talked about. Um, what are some more of the intangible elements of the last 10 years or so? Because you've been here since the beginning. What are some of the more intangible elements uh, working in Port Covington and, and working in Baltimore that, that you'd like to lift up for the listeners? Yeah, you know, look, I think I think we did it the right way. I mean, I think in short, right? We um, we did what we said we would do. Uh, there's a lot of distrust, you know, within the communities of of developers in general. There's been a lot of developers who have made promises and failed to keep them. And we did the opposite. We did exactly what we should do and did the right thing. And we delivered on our promises. We uh, we made promises in the community and we kept them. Um, you know, we've, we've, uh, delivered on, on uh, really over delivered on our community commitments. We've, uh, we've exceeded all of them and, um, you know, we've transformed the skyline. Uh, the Baltimore is, is, uh, is now on both sides of 95, uh, from a, from a downtown perspective. And, uh, you know, we treated everybody with respect and we built a lot of rapport in the community, built a lot of trust in the community. Um, and, uh, you know, we're kind of passing that torch, um, onto the new developers now, 
and uh, and they'll take it on from here. So, so. that so you know you, you're talking about you know respect and goodwill and you know values and those kinds of things. Why is that important as we move forward here? Not only continuing to f- and finishing Port Covington Chapter One B, but on into other things. Well, look, it, 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 you know, having having the respect and credibility within uh, the community and within these municipalities in which we're working is really important. It shows that when we go after a project, that our reputation precedes us, and that we're going to do what we say we're going to do, and we're going to deliver on the promises that we make. That we make so. Excellent. Um, Mark, let's turn it back over to you. Let's talk about what's on the horizon for Weller Development Company and, you know, what are you looking to specialize in going forward? Well, you know, we've probably for the past four or five years, we've had a lot of inbound calls because of what we've specialized in and what we've accomplished in Baltimore and in other places um, around the East Coast. But we were, we were not quick to jump on any new projects because we just wanted to focus on Port Covington. Then we had the issue come up with COVID, which slowed us up a little bit, and then we caught up on that. And But at some point in there, we realized that things were on track in Port Covington. We wanted to start entertaining other ideas and, and other opportunities. So we started pursuing different projects around the country, as people would call. Um, we probably, you know look at, you know, for every project we, we look at, you know, 10 projects we look at, there's one that we consider. And then after we go down a road with that, it's still, you know, it's still a low likelihood that we're really going to pursue it because we're very particular about the fundamentals uh, that exist in, in, in the entire program, including the partnership, the location, um, you know, what the end goals are, how it affects the community and so on. So we've, we've been working really hard on that. And one of the interesting ones that came up was uh, a really uh, exciting project in Grand Bahama. Uh, that we've been working on for about a year and a half. And that's one where it actually gives us an opportunity to do something similar. Obviously, there's there's so many differences between Baltimore and the Bahamas, but in some sense, there isn't. There are there are parallels to the community, and there's parallels on creating jobs and creating opportunity um, that really lie uh, similar to, uh, to to what what sits there in the Bahamas. So when we think about that and then we think about um, the opportunities that lie there and as well as the, the hospitality opportunities, as well as uh, housing opportunities, uh, we, we feel really good about what we're doing down there. So what's the, you know, we'll talk more about the Bahamas in a second. I think everybody wants to talk about the Bahamas, but so, you know, you mentioned a couple of projects, but what's kind of the product type or what's the, the goal for what you're trying to take on or not? Well, I, th- I think um, if, if you would ask that, and again, I didn't mean to get so far into the Bahama project, but I think it's just one where there are more similarities than you would think in some of these communities, no matter where they are located around the United States or in the globe. And so that gives us a unique opportunity to come in and and continue to uh, invest in community, build relationships in community, partner in community, and then deliver on promises made. And I think that's where where we stand. And and that was a great example of that. I think another uh, piece that we're really good at and where we can help sell visions is is, is creating a narrative uh, that tells the story of the of the place that you're working in, and I think that sometimes uh, stories get lost, uh, you know, on either negative news or, or, or news that's not accurate. And I think retelling the great stories that exist in all of these places is really helpful, and we're really good at that. We're also really good at creating experience. Once we're able to deliver on that story and, and turn that story into uh, a physical uh, place and building, we're able to turn this into something that is uh, livable, something you can feel and something that you can experience. And that's, again, where we've been able to, uh, I think, really hone our expertise here in Baltimore 
um, given the challenges we had and, uh, and create, uh, create opportunity uh, around places that might not normally have it. So, you know, obviously, uh, the parallels with community are, are evident, you know, it seems like that, that is a waterfront project and, you know, possibly a large mixed use project with hospitality and retail and other things as well. Is that kind of a sweet spot, large, complicated, mixed-use projects? Absolutely. I mean, I think large, uh, mixed-use, public-private partnership, uh, complicated issues around financing and community where they all meet together. And I think also uh, thinking about, again, coming back to hospitality and experience. And even though hospitality isn't just about hotels, isn't just about restaurants, it's about it's about a feeling and it's about inviting people into your project, no matter what it is, even if it's a mixed use project, approaching it similar to a company like Disney would. Uh, when you enter the parking lot at Disney, your experience begins. And I think just thinking about the sequencing and thinking about the experience from the moment that you you know buy your ticket to come to wherever you're going to that we're working on all the way through your your, your, your time dining there and, and, and staying there and, and spending money there in a, in a, in a shop and then leaving maybe uh, is all part of the experience and I think thinking of it from that perspective is a is a different uh, is a different approach than a lot of developers uh, take yeah and you know Baltimore is a waterfront project but I think in the Bahamas it's it's a very different type of waterfront used a different way and I think there'll be you know the arrival experience will be both by water and by car right and we'll have uh, you know a, a great opportunity in both respects um, and by seaplane I'd imagine and by too. seaplane um, but just speaking to the to the you know, political and social landscape. I mean, we've got so much experience at this point working in multiple cities and, you know, having some of us on, on both sides being, um, having, you know, public experience, private experience, et cetera. We have the ability to really recognize the landscape, recognize the political and social issues. And they're very common. They're very similar. They're the same in every city. It doesn't matter which country you're in or which city you're in or where you are. Politics are local. Social problems are common. And the approach is the same. So we can apply a lot of what we learned in, in, uh, in Baltimore. And I, and I think what's unique is the actual care of trying to help fix those problems. Well, uh, well, yeah, Matt, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, the, the work that we've done in Baltimore and the work that we've done in other places around the country, um, th there's, there's a lot of uh, technical expertise that it takes. And there's a lot of experience that it takes. But at the end of the day, it takes a lot of passion as well. And I think if you if you're really passionate about about making places better than uh, when you got there, leaving them better than when you got there, I, in in every sense, which starts with the physical uh, structures that are there, but really ends and starts with the community as well. I think if you think of it from that perspective and you're passionate about it, I think you have a very high likelihood of being successful beyond anyone's uh, wildest dreams. Yeah, I mean, making money as a developer is always important, and I think that's. Um I think it's lost on many developers, though, that there's a social aspect as well. And that's one place we excel and, and uh, you know, we, we approach things in a double bottom line manner. So, yes, the project has to make money, but it has to have a, a positive social impact as well. Great. And so let's dive into a couple of the projects in particular. You already started with the Bahamas, and that's what everybody wants to talk about. Everybody I see, everyone who knows what we're doing, that's the first thing they bring up. And I think you've probably gotten 100 volunteers to uh, relocate and work on that one, huh, Mark? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we seem to we seem to have no shortage of development uh, executives <laughs> that want to go down. Uh, most of them appear to be either younger with no kids and married or single. But yes, absolutely. 
So, so tell us what, what is that project going to be? If you can say right now, um, yeah, I mean, and- I, I can't get into too much in it, but I would say there's a, a large hospitality component combined with a housing component. Um, also combined with a mixed use area, which has marinas, which would include, um, you know, basic for, for, for basic, uh, uh, center consoles, you know, the 35 to 45 foot center console crowd all the way to super yachts. So it, it has that, that component. I think the, um, the housing piece would be, uh, generally, uh, ocean view and oceanfront, uh, housing. Um, and then with that, uh, there's a significant, uh, significant amount of, um, um, opportunity that's created around the employment side and also the training side. And so we've partnered with some really incredible folks in the, uh, in the Bahamas, uh, and in the Caribbean who have built down there for many years, uh, to make sure that we, uh, keep uh keep uh that on track and, and build at the same standard that we're used to building in which is of, of a very high quality uh in the united states so one of the things that um is is very prevalent in the bahamas project is the commitment to the environment talk about that a little bit i know coral vita is down there they're they're restoring coral reefs and um there's other people uh down there doing special things and and there's been a lot of talk about bringing that environmental development community together around this project just talk about why that's important and and, uh, and and some of the nuance there. Sure, yeah. I mean, this is, um, you know, the, the coral reefs around the world have been dying. Um, sea surface temperatures have been rising, and, and there's been a lot of environmental fallout as a result. And so there's a lot of focus on restoring the coral reefs. They're critical for fish habitat. They're critical for the ecosystem. They're critical um, also to protect shoreline. So, um, so we're going to work to, uh, to restore that down there you know, among other, uh, environmental remediation efforts, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big opportunity, both socially, environmentally, uh, from both perspectives, there's a, there's a huge opportunity down there. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of interest in building an ecosystem of sorts, uh, around, uh, these environmental initiatives. When you get down to a place like Grand Bahama, you realize like the, the effects are incredibly granular in your day-to-day life regarding global warming, uh, the coral reefs uh, dying, the water the quality, water quality, all of these things—they they really affect you on an island uh, in the Caribbean in in a, in a in a really significant way. And I think when you start to see uh, the, the coalescence of these various companies that are building down there uh, with these opportunities to test things and then grow out of there, um, you realize that it's it's unique. And, uh, you know, the Earthshot Award that was just won uh, by, uh, by somebody that we're very close with down there, uh, Coral Vita, um, Prince William and, and his wife came over to visit. Uh, they were on our site. They were over there visiting uh, Coral Vita and looking at the various initiatives that they're working on. And you start to realize the focus on the environment is truly global and truly an initiative that is here to stay and is bigger than anyone can really imagine. Uh, it's one of the most important things, if not the most important thing that we can be focused on. Well, and I, I think we'll do a separate show just on that project, uh, maybe one of our next couple, so we can dive into more detail on that. But I did want to just ask one question. I saw recently they're rebuilding the airport in Grand Bahama. Is that true? And yeah. so a couple other major announcements coming out of there that seemed pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a very large uh, scale hotel that was actually um, um, owned by the government that was just uh, put under contract by a large Florida developer for a high-end resort. So that, that'll be great and exciting. There'll be hundreds, of, hundreds and hundreds 
hundreds of new rooms on the island, refurbished and ready to go. And then the bigger thing I thought was the uh, just get, being able to get people there easily with an international airport, a brand new, updated, modern international airport um, that is hurricane proof and that is uh, will withstand the test of time uh, that should be delivered in 24 going into 25. That was probably the most important um, sort of uh, newsworthy piece uh, that's out there right now. That's awesome. And like I said, we'll do a, a show special on the Bahamas project sometime coming up soon. It's We're, funny, Matt, when you talk about that, because whenever I go anywhere these days, people go, I heard you're working in the Bahamas and I can't help but break out my camera and show them <laughs> the pictures of a business meeting in the Bahamas with, with your me, feet in the water. Me, well, literally, it's me. Uh, you're in a couple of the pictures. So are you, Steve? But we're literally with, you know, two or three people with our flip flops in our hands standing in the water discussing the beaches and then how the bulkheads would work that are in place, how we'd repair them. And I remember the first meeting I had down there, which really struck me as special, was we were standing there and then I saw an octopus. I've never seen it jump out of the water in very shallow water and release a crab that it was trying to eat <laughs> during the meeting. And I said, I, that's a first for me. So to me, that was a, so an exciting cool. thing. And, and uh, quite frankly, the, the fruits of our hard work and labor for the past 25 years, uh, sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, they, they, that, that's part of it. Yeah, that's great. So, so switching over to a more local localized project. Let's talk about Reston. Um, I know that uh, Warhorse Cities and uh, Weller Development purchased uh, the Reston National Golf Course um, three years ago. Just talk about what's going on out there. Steve, you want to take this one? Sure. Yeah, we're, we're working now um, hard to, uh, to roll out our vision to the community, and it's been pretty well received so far. We, uh, we have a concept to, to take the golf course and um, really a vision to, to create a conservancy, a nature conservancy on about 100 acres of it at a, a park in there as well and and uh, village center so um so far the community has received it very well and we look forward to you know getting into the comprehensive plan process in september of this year and um and moving forward so should be a great project so we have a, a podcast on uh, the Reston project with scott plank that we'll be releasing at some point soon as well so stay tuned for that and we'll talk more about that Mark, let's talk about um, Poolsville. There's a groundbreaking uh, about a month ago in Poolsville. Talk about what's going on out there. Poolsville, Maryland. Well, the, the, what's really fun for me there is, the, you know, me personally is when I moved here from Buffalo when I was 15, um, I moved to Montgomery County and I, I live not far from there. And currently I don't live that far from there and uh, many of us don't. But it's one of the most exciting things we've worked on in the county. And the reason why I was drawn to it was that, I realized what was out there and happening in Virginia and Pennsylvania. There was multi-billion-dollar industries around winemaking that continue to proliferate, and you can you hear about it all the time. You hear about your friends getting a getting a, a Sprinter van or something and going out for the weekend or going out for the day out to Virginia and hitting three or four wineries. Just really fun stuff to do, and then coming back that night, maybe getting a good dinner and so on. And we saw that and we noticed that and we started to pay attention to it. And so we were approached with this idea to help uh, entrepreneurs uh, continue to grow the industry in the state of Maryland, which is literally um, billions of dollars behind the adjacent states. So for us, it was another opportunity to help grow an industry, create jobs and, uh, and, and do something that was really helping uh, and, and also something that was fun and, and in the county where we live and, and something we enjoy, great wine. No, that's great. And, and I know you're working with the Montgomery County Revenue Authority on that and uh, trying to really grow the wine industry. To your point, you know, uh, Pennsylvania and Virginia have uh, re annual revenues of 
two billion and one point six billion, respectively. And I think um, you know the state of Maryland is at just over two hundred million. So a lot of opportunity there for there, there's, sta- there's state revenue. Mu- there's and- as much upside there as anything. And I think the other piece that was really fun for us is being able to build a facility there with a restaurant with a, a world class team of designers, um, where you can have special events or just just a great dinner, you know, uh, or lunch. Um, um, was was it was another real appealing piece of this because we believe that there are so many opportunities uh, to just uh, come out there for the night for a special dinner or host your big event whether it's a 50th birthday party or it's a it's a, a graduation dinner or it's a, or it's a wedding but we think it'll become uh, sort of the preeminent facility in the county for that purpose uh, as it gets built and as it gets finished next year. That's really cool. I mean, you've got a couple projects with golf courses, a couple with wineries, a, a lot of uh, large-scale projects as well, and I'm sure more in the pipeline coming up as well. Steve, talk to us about, you know, kind of the markets that you're uh, pursuing as a company and, you know, where development is hot right now. Yeah, I mean, the, primarily the Smile States or the Southeast and the, uh, the South um, and Southwest uh, mostly, and so we're focused on the Southeast the, the markets there have been growing very quickly, a lot of in-migration, a lot of people moving there. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the cost of living is lower. The um, business climate is, is much, much better. Um, development, ground-up development and entitlement and so on is, is easier. Nothing's easy, but it's easier down there. So we're focused on Charleston, Raleigh-Durham, uh, Nashville, all of Florida, um, but we're we're hunting in those areas, and we've found a couple sites uh, here and there that that um, haven't panned out yet. But uh, but we're continuing our pursuit there. Those are uh, those are exciting markets for us. And let me just be clear on a couple things. I mean, I don't think the the size of the project matters as much to us as the importance of the project and what it does for the landscape and what it does for the community. I think that that's what we're more interested in than anything these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The great news is our experience is, is, is with large projects and smaller projects alike, so nothing intimidates us. Um, I think we can, uh, we can consider and look at almost any project in the United States at this point. Well, that's great, and uh, this has been an awesome conversation, really insightful. Seems like the future is very bright, not only in Port Covington and Baltimore, but also for Weller Development Company. And that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope to see you out in Port Covington. Uh, or to have you listen to one of our other podcasts in the future. So sign up for Weller Development newsletter at wellerdevelopment.com when you get a chance. Uh, We're also revamping our website, so take a look at that as well. Uh, And also uh, reach out to us on social media anytime at Weller Development on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. I'm Matt Rienzo here with Steve Siegel and Mark Weller. Keep building, people. 